Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Man, it is a lot of people in here today. That really blesses my heart, man. That's so good. Hey, if you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 13. Um, you guys know that we've been there for a while. It's been a while since I've had the opportunity to preach to you and just share what the Lord is laying on my heart and and so I get a chance to kind of do that, and we need to look at this again. We're going to be in uh, chapter 13, verses 16 through 26. Um, this, what we're talking about today, contextually, is a, a message that Paul is delivering uh, to these Jews and some proselytes where he's really going to try to make a case for the gospel. And there are some similarities to what had taken place with Stephen back in Acts chapter 7. And so what I have done for you is you'll see this, our title today is going to be The Good Father. But you're going to see as we kind of go through this that there are columns just that kind of say, okay, this is where the subject matter changed in Acts chapter 7, but ultimately it's the same goal. The Lord's heart for Israel, it, listen, it is absolutely clear. He wants reconciliation, just as much as he wants reconciliation with us. And so I, I just want you to see it as we kind of go through it. And, and just considering on Father's Day, the good father, there are two approaches and two angles that I kind of want you to be thinking. One, if I have fathers in here, which I know I do, and let me just say to you, Happy Father's Day as well. But then also, you are children. And you are children of the Lord if you are saved by the blood of the Lamb. And so, there is something about this that I want you to pay attention to. Because one thing I notice very much, looking at these two messages is that there is a common thread, unfortunately, amongst the children. There's also a common thread with the Lord. There's a consistency with him that cannot be overlooked, should not be overshadowed, should be appreciated, celebrated, and should give us great hope. And so my, this purpose for today's message is this, to encourage more grace for Christ from us. I think oftentimes it's a weird way to say that, right? It's like in your head, you're like, well, of course, my viewpoint of the Lord is right. Well, let me just let your mind wander to difficult times in your life. Do you ever or have you ever accused the Lord of not loving you because the situation was challenging or long, exceedingly hurtful? some consequence that now you live in as a result of your own choices. And now the Lord is just letting you live in that and he's with you, but he gets all the blame. I think this morning, I really want you to search your heart. Do you lack the grace to be an obedient child? Because I'm telling you, it's, it's frightening where that leads to. And so we're going to look at that. Today, this map here right now is just to let you know where we are. And so for those of you in the, in the back, I'm sorry, this is as big as it's going to be. So take a picture if you want it. But we're right here in Pamphylia, 
okay, and Perga, and that's where they are. They were here. You see, this is kind of how their their journey started. Went to Salamis, the Paphos, and now here in Perga. And so, I think that just to get the the whole thing, let's kind of look at this here. We'll dive into it. Okay, now, so this is how these slides are going to go. I may or may not, I'm just putting this up here for the kind of Bible student, Bible nerds that like this kind of stuff, because I do, right? It's just so you can see Stephen's message, Paul's message, and every time that you see a new box, it will be a different subject matter has been discussed. Okay, so they're not going to line up. It's just that the subject matter is going to change. Okay, and I, so the first thing I want you to see is just in terms of who is being addressed. When Stephen did it, you guys know how that worked out for him. It ended up being that he was stoned to death. Um, and so he started off, remember, men, brother, and fathers, even though we understand that in Acts 7, we would call that the indictment of Israel. It is true. But listen, let me tell you, just because you are hearing something challenging from the Lord doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. It's always about reconciliation. It's always about you having a right heart. And the thing that is very critical is the key verse that ends up in that chapter is verse 51. You guys should log that down and take a look at it. Now, I, I already preached that. I'm not going back there. And so but look at what it is that is said in Acts 7, 51. It's very interesting. So now, Paul's message, men of Israel and ye that fear God, that ye that fear God group are proselytes. So remember, now you know we are on Gentile soil. But the Judaism had spread quite a bit, and there are individuals that were, that were converting Gentiles to Judaism. So the issue for the Lord is that still ain't right. <laughs> now, praise the Lord, there is a reverence for God. And so now the Lord is going to use that to springboard an opportunity for the gospel. Okay, so that's kind of what you're looking at here. So now in terms of the message, historically, you see why they would go back with Abraham. Abraham, super critical <laughs> to Israel's narrative. But now you see here where he starts in verse 17, and we'll read these 16 through 26. Let's read that. It says, then Paul stood up, beckoning with his hands and said, men of Israel and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel choose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an high arm brought he them out of it. And about that time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. Take note of that. It's interesting that this is what the Holy Spirit says. Write that down. We got to look at it. It goes on to say, and when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Chanan, or as we would know it, reading from the Old Testament, Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. We know that that would take place around the book of Joshua. Then it says, and after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel, the prophet, 
and afterward they desired a king. See, the Lord is serving up these huge issues that he's making in short sentences. We're going to look at it. It's important. There's a heart attitude that is being communicated that you may not see that if I'm an Israeli, I know this. I know what's being said. My heart is being pricked. I might be getting a little upset that Paul is saying this to me, right? Then it says, verse 20, and after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And after they desired a king and God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. Notice that he is also listing the time frame. I pray that the word long suffering is coming up to mind because it should. Verse 22, another powerful statement, very short. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a savior, Jesus. When Jesus had first preached before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, take note that it's to specifically to Israel, but notice what he says now. And as John fulfilled his course, he said, whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. And I love this. This is the key verse of this chapter, in my opinion. Of course, we could, you know, look at it objectively from some other spots but look at this look at what it says men and brethren children of the stock of abraham and whosoever among you feareth god to you is this word of this salvation sent critical critical statement so now this is why potential children of god and current children of god i want you to examine your heart because as you saw, there are these things that are like, whoops, uh-oh, we kind of blew it right here. And at the end of that, the thing is, is salvation has been sent out. There's a heart position that the Lord has, regardless of what you do, he is common, just this common thread. I love you. And the thing that I want to trigger in you is this, in terms of how you deal with your children, your disciples, other people, the Lord himself, that perhaps you would have the mind of Christ and that you would use that capacity that's been given to you now by the Holy Spirit to, man, come at him in a way that says, Lord, I'm, I see what you're doing. I'm uncomfortable as all get out, but it's okay. This looks scary to me. I have lost greatly, but it's okay because I have you. Guys, we gotta, we have to get there. And so just looking at these again, I want you to see, be thinking when we're looking at these charts, this is about God's constant thread through. Okay, so we know what happened, God's promise, right? Promise of land, promise of a child, deliverance out of bondage for Israel, a covenant of circumcision, 
we get from Abraham to the to the 12 patriarchs. Now, this right here might not be very fun, but, um, you know, it was necessary. <laughs> right. And so in verse 17, God's deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. We understand that as a picture of salvation. We grasp that for those of us that have had any time studying the word of God. But I want to call to you this verse. And in verse uh, 17, it says this. We want to, I want to go back there because remember, this is where we've got to pay attention. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt and with a high arm brought he them out. Okay, so you guys remember that. Look at this verse. This is what it says. Remember it said that he suffered he their manners, which means that he endured their character. This is just, in essence, what they are, right? That's the thing. I had a chance to do something, you know, for LFBI, and we were dealing with sin. And one of the things that you have to understand about your sin nature, it's the essence of who you are. It's not like just a part of you. It is who you are, which is why you had to have a savior. Savior. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 1, 31 to 32 and 33, excuse me. And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee as a man doth bear his son in all the way that ye went. Now, just think about that for a second. This is God's heart. This is God's heart for you currently. There is not a moment in your life that the Lord has not been there, despite how you may feel about the circumstances. Yet in this thing, you did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night to show you what way you should go and in a cloud by day. And so I just want you to ponder that. Man, listen, I have absolutely been in a place like that where I have, because the circumstance is on me, I mean, in my face, it's difficult. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. And I just immediately... I'm like, Lord, where are you at? As if somehow he disappeared, like he had to go to the bathroom or something. Like, it's absurd. It's an absurd viewpoint, but it's a viewpoint that we often have. I'm hearing, whether it be music or, or television or just even in, like, lost world conversation, there's this idea that I prayed to the Lord and, like, you didn't answer and you're not there and... And even Christians that kind of have this viewpoint that's like that. Now, you guys understand what he did and what the greatness by which he delivered them out of Egypt. I don't like when I see myself for what it is that verse 32 has been me. Yet in this thing, you did not believe the Lord your God. Now, I'm not going to stand up here in front of you and say I haven't been in that same spot. I know I have. Man, life can deal you some blows. And you can end up in some things consequentially that you didn't know that that was how it was going to work out. And the Lord's trying to give you a warning and you didn't pay attention and you wanted that thing like you wanted. And so there you are. Now you got it. And it's all over you. All over you. And the Lord doesn't leave us hanging. Verse 33, who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents. Even in discomfort, I'm still going to give you a place of rest. Where is that place? With him. 
See, that's the, that's the viewpoint that I want you to come away with this morning. Are you good with him? If you don't get anything else you want this year, is it good? Man, I, it'd be super easy to just nod yes and yeah, of course it would be okay. Man, I, it would be hard for me. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at this and I was just like, I hear you. <laughs> I don't want to, right? But I hear you. It's disrespectful, though. Let's just call it what it is. Considering everything that the Lord has done, it's disrespectful for us to treat him this way. He's a good father. Man, I, you know, you may had a good father. You may be a good father, but you ain't Jesus Christ. I'm just, I'm just telling you. There has to be something that you start to examine within you in order for you to truly obey because you see what happens, that lack of gratitude, that lack of appreciation just leads to wickedness. That's why we have to be concerned about this. This is not something we should just play with. We can just treat God however. Oh, he's big enough. He can handle it. It's disrespectful, and it leads you to a place of sin. I don't need to flirt with sin when the Lord has dealt with that on the cross. I don't want to flirt with that. Verse 19 of Acts 13 says, And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he had divided their land unto them by lot. And our next uh, verse that we want to look at is in Nehemiah, because we got to understand there also, what is it that the Lord had done? There's a lot of detail there. So here it is. It says this. So the children went in and possessed the land and now subdued us before them, the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave us them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land that they might do with them as they would. Now listen to this. This fantastic. Verse 25. And they took strong cities and a fat land and possessed houses full of all goods, wells digged, vineyards, oliveyards, the fruit trees in abundance, so they did eat and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in, the, in thy great goodness. Boy, <laughs> guilty again. Guilty again. They didn't even have to work for what it is that God gave them. How many times now, unless you made one of them consequential foolish decisions that we have all done, guilty, but when the Lord does it, do you remember how refreshing and how simple it was that you got it? The only thing, it was so fantastic what happened, and I don't mean in some like movie fantastic CGI kind of way, but just in the kind of way that when you retold it, you could not leave the Lord out of it. That's how good it was. When's the last time you've had a scenario like that? Maybe in your mind right now, you're thinking of one. You might be in one. You might be in the transition of one. Verse 26, nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew thy prophets, which testified against them to turn them to thee, and they wrought great provocations. Listen, when you're looking at Israel, you are looking in a mirror. They are a real people. We could fly to their homeland, but they also are a picture of us. 
And so listen, when I'm looking at something like this, guys, I'm telling you, I don't want to be nowhere, no how near that. But if I'm honest, there have been times that I've brushed up against it. I asked the Lord for the thing, the thing, the Lord is like, yeah, go and do it. And then all of a sudden now that the, the blessing becomes like a sour, bitter thing in your mouth. You worship the blessing more than the blesser. Well, I've been there. And listen, I'm just saying that playtime is over for us to be doing that because look at what it leads to. Here we are with all the time that the Lord has given a timeline here of just of what he's had to endure. And man, look at Israel's current state. It's still not right. You see what I'm saying? This is why you can't play around with it. See, I believe the Lord brought you here on purpose. This room is filled on purpose because, guys, we got we to gotta consider differently than what we have been. If we are manufacturing the terms of our walk with the Lord, we are doing it wrong. Absolutely. You are doing it wrong. If it's when you feel like it, when it's convenient, when it's easiest, that is not the way. Listen, don't let the very blessings that the Lord has blessed you with our jobs, our families, our children. Maybe the standing that we have in the world and the things we get to do, don't let those things overtake you so much that you don't see him anymore. I'm concerned. Paul is writing this on purpose. I'm concerned because look at what that kind of father does. And so now let me to the fathers. Do you have a heart? that's like that, or are there conditions in your house? Now listen, chastisement is necessary and you gotta do that. But do the, your kids know that you are doing it from a place of love? That's always the rub. Man, parents, I know, I, I frustrated my mom quite a bit. And so I know, I know what it's like <laughs> to be that person, right? Where sometimes the safest place in the house is your room with the doors closed <laughs> because then I won't be getting yelled at, you know? And uh, man, I would, I would be like, okay, mama's, yep, I'm gonna just be in here with the Sega, let's get it, <laughs> you know? I'm safe. And I, you know, I just, but you know what my mom would do? She would come in, she'd open the door, she'd sit on the bed. We discussed when I was in trouble. And I didn't get in trouble very, very much because mom, she, she just didn't play that. So, you know, we, it was good. <laughs> you know, I was a pretty fairly decent kid. I had times I would flirt with disaster, but uh, no, I would think, oh, my mom, no, she will kill me. Okay, yes, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I got to leave, <laughs> you know, flee the scene, right? And so listen, no, I'm just saying this. You, you are blessed. You're like, Dell. I don't have what you have. You don't need what I got. And I don't need what you got, but you're blessed. If you have the Lord, you are blessed. If you're sitting in here, you're blessed. And not because you're listening to me, because you were able to get up. Because you know what? There are people that wish they could join us that can't. That cannot, not will not, cannot, different. You are blessed. Don't continue in disobedience. Verse 20 says, and after that, 
it saddens me that the Lord has to say, and after that, right? After what I just said, it didn't like improve. And after that, he gave unto them judges. Guys, you remember when we studied Joshua? I mean, man, we were like coming in. It was a celebration for the first 12 chapters. And after that, <laughs> it's like a plane. It's like, oh, no, I see the signs. Guys, wait a minute. Wait, the house is on fire. You need to get out. No, Judges 1 and 2. Read those chapters. In our next Okay, yeah, we got through all of that, Nehemiah. So now just look at this for a second. We know what happened with Joseph. I mean, so we got the patriarchs, and this is what happened. <laughs> Let's sell our brother into uh, slavery. The Lord delivers him out of all, all, very important, all of his afflictions. Gives him Pharaoh, uh, favor with Pharaoh, famine in the land. You know that Jacob and Joseph reunited all the family back together. The people grow. You get a new king. You get persecution because the Lord is working through that promise, right? He's like, I got you. And then right here, Paul's message, just in terms of, again, remember, we're just looking at that the subject matter is changing. God gives judges to Israel. So now let's look at that. In Jude 2, 16, nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And listen again, and yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way, which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. Listen, okay. So now let's say you are uh, playing the... Uh, Christian game. The Christian game is can be a fun game, right? You get dressed up, you go to church, and man, you got locked and loaded. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You got it. Bro hey, brother, side hugs, all of that. I mean, like this is fantastic. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. Man, you're coming to a place where the Lord has raised up leaders and individuals that you could seek the counsel of and you could actually follow, you could actually walk with them, whether it be by discipleship, whether it be by Bible study. But guess what we do sometimes? We don't take advantage of that because I'm too busy with my other stuff. Oh, the things that the Lord blessed me with. Got to make sure I tend to those things. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges. Uh, guys, I, I'm... I, Maybe it's because I'm a part, I'm a part of the man. <laughs> I get that. But um, it's right. We're going to teach you what the word of God says. We're going to counsel you on what the word of God says. We're going to leave it in your hands for you to do what the word of God says. It's up to you to make that choice. How do you value the leadership that you have here? And man, it's super flippant to just come to a place like this and be around the pastors, the great pastors that we have, and not really value it, but visit another church. Then you will see, like, man, what I, I, that's gold what I have. Let me go back there and be a part of what it is. Let me get under that. Let me maybe even be a part of it. Like, do you see yourself in that way? I don't listen. My whole thing, when I, when I first started coming around, 
back in 97. And I, they started talking about, we had one of those hayride hoedowns. Hold a hand up if you remember the hayride hoedowns in, in class. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yeah, yes. Corny as all get out. <laughs> and so much fun. Just fun, corny, fun, right? The next day, they're talking about discipleship, and I'm listening. This is when Sam had hair and him and Alan were together in the same class. He had a mullet, right, Cheryl, at that point, right? <laughs> and so... Um, Man, I remember hearing about that, and I, I became just so interested in, I, in that. You mean that somebody will take the time to sit down with me and tell me what the Word of God says so that I can know it for myself and not guess? Right? Just, you know, I was up because I, grandma, now mama, okay, chip off the old block from grandma. Grandma also did not play times two. So then basically it was, if I'm spending the night at her house, we are going to church. So I was around it the whole time. Now I'm in the back cutting up. I mean, but you can hear, you still kind of eavesdropping while you talking, smacking gum, whatever it is, right? And so I, I would have in high school, okay, before I got saved, if you had said, hey, Dell, are you, are you saved? Yes. And then my next response would have been, I go to church. And then in high school, I stopped going to church, like really stopped going. Because now I didn't have that. Nobody was drawing me into it. I didn't value those judges that were in my life at that time. And then I met, um, oh my God, I'm having a 40-year-old moment. No, uh, Jim Lee. <laughs> Jim Lee. Man, you know that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I met Jim Lee. He taught at the school. I had him for one semester, got out of his class and for no reason. I just, I don't think I needed it. And, but I had to go and play basketball on those carpets, courts. <laughs> Terrible idea, <laughs> right? And I, before that it was devotion. And because praise the Lord, the Lord had been gracious to me and allowed me to be around truth, but not accept it when I heard it and it was laid out in a way that I hadn't like grabbed it. Oh, it was like, man, I'm okay. Whenever he's done talking, let's get this going because I don't want to go to hell. And I need, I believe everything you said. And so, man, we worked through it. We got through it and it was good. So then fast forward three years later, I end up back in that same church. Now I get a chance for somebody to pour the word of God into me. Man, it changed my whole life. You know, I, obviously we're not about pumping up any man, but I've had the, the, the pleasure of spending that kind of time with Troy Stogsdale was the guy that discipled me. We met faithfully, weekly, and I was just eating it up. I mean, it's just like, you know, your head is just, you're like, man, wait, hold on a second. You know? It was just so good because I'm like, I don't, I don't know any of this. What are you talking about? How do you do this? And then I got in Bible study, like Chris Miller was saying, where you have like this, I don't know, who's who's list of missionary and pastors. They weren't at the time, but they end up being. It was the same, same thing for me in Bible study with those guys. I just never left, right? But here's the thing. I didn't just attend. I just wasn't just around. I know. I followed key men that would allow me to be under their wing. So the question on the floor is, is who's your key person? 
Who's your key person? The Lord is trying to put somebody in your life that will guide you and lead you and walk with you and be with you. I know, listen, it's weird being an adult making new friends. That's super easy when you're kids and both of y'all smell like dirt and grass and it don't matter, right? But like when you're an adult, it's kind of an awkward thing because you have a bubble you created. That bubble being the, you know, generally whoever you married and then your children and you're like, don't stay out, <laughs> right? But man, I, I'm telling you, uh, it would do all of us good to have somebody to submit to. Somebody. It's somebody's name, somebody's phone number. Somebody that you can just say, hey, man, just tell me straight up. What, what do you think? And man, it's going to be rough sometimes. <laughs> They're saying it in love, though. I'm not, the fellow, I'm not a fellowship leader, Bible study leader, discipler without that. You don't just magically get there. You, somebody has to invest in you. And so, guys, I'm telling you, I know that it's like, Dale, you're kicking a dead horse. I, man, that, if Miller liquefied that horse last week, <laughs> we are going to at least turn it into a powder. <laughs> because, listen, I, 2021 needs to be different for you than it was in the past. Man, I'm so excited and so encouraged. Just the guys that's in our Bible study that are, that are coming, man, it is so much fun just to be with those guys and just watching them grow. And like, it's weird because I see it's like, oh, that, that was me. That, there was a point I was that person. And man, I love that. Listen, if you, if you are a guy in this room and you're not in a Bible study, you're not in either Miller's, then come and be a part of ours. We meet next Monday downstairs what is that the boiler room i never get the rooms right boiler room downstairs at seven o'clock be here at 6 45 though just so you can talk and whatever we got various ladies bible studies going on man maybe it's just get in bible study man there's just something about sitting next to somebody you open up the word of god and you just you get to pray for them you get to see then that the lord answered the prayer you were a part of that. Isn't that fun? Like, I, I enjoy that greatly. Man, hearken to your judges. Don't go a whoring after other gods, some other interest that you may try to manufacture. Like, that's really going to be better. It's not. <laughs> it's not better. There's not a better option out there for us. It's just a trap to destroy you. You have to understand that. These other endeavors that the enemy and your flesh manufacture as great ideas that I need to somehow be a part of will destroy you. The Lord did not die for you to just be doing what everybody else is doing. Man, I'm, 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 hear me this morning. It's got to be different. It's got to be different for me. It's got to be different for you. Man, I love this class, and I love just all these faces. And I mean, you don't know, like, my heart is just about to explode. <laughs> man, there's something that God wants to do with all of us, and I want to do it with y'all. It's y'all, man. Y'all the group. The newcomers, the people I don't know, your last name, maybe I heard your first name. 
I want you too. <laughs> Let's keep going. If we go to another one of our slides here, here we are, we're still seeing the same thing. We're seeing how God is just weaving this thread of how he's going to deliver Israel. Moses is born, home until three months old, cast into the river, raised in Pharaoh's house. Then at age of 40, desires his true brethren. You know, remember, we said mama's been whispering to him, hey, you ain't Egyptian. Come on now. I know you kind of dark skinned, but that ain't no. <laughs> you Israeli. <laughs> and so he's like, yes, mama. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so what does he do in his power? Tries to avenge his brother, gets denied by them. They're like, hey, bro, who are you? <laughs> Exile and then called out by God. It's interesting that both of the verse 20 ends up on a prophet. I just thought that that's just weird Bible stuff. It's just cool, right? Samuel the prophet. Here's the thing. Israel desires a king. Now, you know, we're going to go in on that because <laughs> we have to. Verse 21, and afterward they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, and a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. 1 Samuel 8, 4 through 7 says this, then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king. Make us a king. Are kings made out of Play-Doh? What are we doing here? Make us a king. That's already the wrong statement for so many reasons, right? To judge us like all the nations. Oh, that was your first mistake. Now, listen, this is super disrespectful, considering. Let's see why. Verse 6. But the thing that pleased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Amen. That's the right response. I'm, I can't even talk to you. I got to talk to the Lord first. <laughs> because if I just say something to you, it might be rough. It's going to be anyways, but, you know. <laughs> and the Lord said to Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Oh, Lord. Okay. Guys, listen. Um, if you still think that it is uh, myself or Sam or Kenny or Brandon or James or Chris Miller or any teaching elder or pastor in this church that is speaking from this and not the Holy Spirit, you are hearing it wrong. You can tell me no all you want. You think. In reality, you can't. Because I'm telling you who I'm speaking for. I have to make sure that what I'm saying is thus saith the Lord. It can't be an advantage for me. Because the thing that I'm weighing is, is I'm like saying, hey, I want to have you to meet the Lord. You need to be in front of him. Obey him. Do what he says. Right? And so, guys, let it never be said of us for any length of time, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Guys, the best place that you can be is the Lord reigning over you. The absolute best place to be. If you think you have a better idea how your life is going to work out, I'm just telling you, you don't. You don't know what you're doing. 
You don't know what you're doing. This did not work out for them. For everything that the Lord had done, all the blessings that he had bestowed upon them, given them a land that they didn't even have to work for. Guys, the fact that wells were digged. If any of you, we have some agricultural individuals here. That is that an easy feat to dig a well? No, it is not. Let me just tell you. It would be harder than iron work, at least for that part of the work. They didn't have to do it. It was already there. Nice, clean spring water coming out. Oh, thanks, God. Hey, yeah, that was cool. I need something else, though. Right? I mean, like, that's how it sounds. Oh, that, oh, that was great. I, like, I appreciate that you did that. You rescued me from out of this thing, or you, you, know, you got me over here. But I really need you to do this. So then it's just like a laundry list of things that we just constantly stay in this place. I'm just saying, guys, sometimes you just need to say, you know what, Lord, I'm good because <laughs> I got you. This situation is horrible, but you know what? You're here, so I'm good. I'm good. Like, how, I want you to try that this week because you know what's going to happen. The enemy is listening, and of course your flesh is listening. And so you're going to get dealt something silly this week. And you're going to have the Lord's going to give you an opportunity to respond biblically or in the flesh. Don't take the on-ramp to the flesh. It's super easy to do. Where now you're just starting to murmur, you're starting to complain about it, and now your thing to the Lord is like somehow you've given me the short stick. Why did I get that? This I've been at church. I've been doing this. It's like we do a... A tab list. Okay, Lord, so here are the things that I've done. I've been at church here. I was in discipleship, finished D2 and LFBI. Uh, why is my life kind of a mess? Oh, my God. Help us. We're still children. You realize that, right? <laughs> you never actually grew up. You just have gray hair. <laughs> that's, that's the only difference. Like, we just act like the, that little me monster that we were, we still have traits of that, right? Like it's just, it can rise up in a heartbeat where you just feel like God owes you something. He owes you easiness, happiness, blessing above and beyond. He doesn't owe you anything because if he gave you what he, what you really are due, um, you would be dead and in hell, separated from him for eternity. Just ponder that. Everything God had done. You don't even talk to God. You don't, you just now make us a king out of Plato. Give us one of these paper mache kings and well, that's exactly what they got. <laughs> right, that's right. At least put please on it. <laughs> no thanksgiving. See, we know how that works. The Lord loves that. Be thankful. They're just making demands. And it was a foolish demand, right? It's a good point. Okay, now, out of Egypt in the wilderness, you know the Lord is doing his delivery thing. King Saul, the Lord's going to deliver them out of that. And so, 1 Samuel, we got to look at this. 1 Samuel 15, 22, it says this. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and 
as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. He's telling us to Saul. And to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Lord have mercy. Do you notice, though, that he would have left him in as king if he had have just obeyed him? See, this is what I'm saying about being a good father. You don't get to have terms and conditions on how people treat you. You have the capacity of an individual that was treated poorly constantly. And especially once he said, um, you know, pass this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. And then like the disrespect, just we just ratcheted it up. That's the capacity that you have. It's just something to kind of think about, like, whatever situation that you find yourself in, there's always a biblical response. And so the thing that I want you to try to figure out this week is, how can I respond in this discomfort biblically? What's the Lord's looking for me to do? If it's uncomfortable, it's on purpose, because you know that's training. It's like push-ups. Nobody likes them, but you need to do them. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's exact... We just like the results of it. That's the thing we want. I want those pectoral muscles that come from push-ups without doing it. How can I do that? You can't, <laughs> right? You can't. So the thing is, is like, you got to do the work. You have to do the work. The Lord has put you in a thing and he's just saying, I want you to see. Now, remember what I told you too. It's always really interesting to me. The Lord because he sees the heart, he sees what you're going to do, and he sees your thoughts, he already knows where you are. So that revelation, when you get the squeeze put on you, is to show you where you are, where your heart is, how you think about this situation or that person. And listen, I, don't, I want to give space and grace because obviously we need to have that. If you, if you do something bonehead, man, just own it. Confess it and then ask the Lord for, okay, Lord, help me going forward. I recognize that I've, that I've been, you know, but like to have this viewpoint, like somehow now you're going to thumb your nose at him. So you're going to withhold your time from him. You know, I mean, we do little silly stuff like that. I ain't going to read today because I'm in this thing. And so it don't work anyway. So I'm going to just go on and do, okay. Yeah, that's great. That's like planning traffic. Hey, I'm going to just go out there and have this ball. I'm not going to look both sides and it's semi come. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys didn't know I can make those noises. Like <laughs> make Serene laugh all the time with this stuff. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and so, listen, I mean, seriously, it's a, it's, the thing I wanted you to see is I want you to see yourself as Israel in this situation, not that goofy replacement theology, but in the way that look at the heart. <laughs> They're telling on us by their actions, by their responses. They, we do the same thing. This is why we don't get to have some weird viewpoint of them now. We need to have grace. We need to support, pray, or either go and make sure that they get the gospel. Be a part of it. That's God's heart, reconciliation, right? You don't get to say, ah, I'm a Gentile, I got it. See you, good luck, Israel. No, 
get out of here with that. Because I see that the, the heart is changing in America. It used to be that America would line itself up, but this last little deal, I've been seeing signs defund Israel, and I'm like, boy, Lord, please help these people. They don't have a clue what they're doing. Guys, the Lord is not playing games here. Did you notice that he uh, did not sneak in, but he just said it, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft or help us. And so, lastly, as we just kind of keep moving here, tabernacle of witness, God's presence with them, man, he wants to have a place for that. And then King David, you know, one of the things that we'll see later on, wants to build him a home, but right now, the Lord is telling you, just in terms of like all of this thing that has been a disappointment, his whole heart is like, I'm still gonna bring you a savior, because I love you. I Listen, I need to explore that kind of love just in my physical relationships with individuals that I do not ever reach a point of disappointment as if they've let me down. The offense is against the Lord, not against me, especially if I'm dead. But you know, we forget we're dead. We act very alive, <laughs> right? I'm alive. I can feel this. I don't like that you said this. And so I'm going to cut you off. Right? Like it's dangerous ground for us to be on. And so, you know, we see, keep going here, the days of David. And I kind of mentioned that earlier, this John's baptism of repentance straight only to Israel. And then John fulfills his course. Why he doesn't get to be around. The Lord is here. Thank you very much for your time, John. See ya. The real guy is here. And he's like, man, hey, okay, cool. At first he wasn't, but then he was like, oh, okay, sure. And so with that, here's the last part. It's the key verse. We just got to read it again. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God to you is the word of this salvation sent. And so I'm saying this to you. If you have already accepted Jesus Christ, then you have this. But now I'm telling you this message because this message has been sent to you in order for you to check your heart. And if there is something that you need to address with the Lord, man, don't leave here. Like, let's sort it out. If you don't want me to know, you can pray in your seat. Listen, I don't, I don't have to know. I'm not against you, though. I'm for you. Utilize me. That's what the Lord has put me in this place to do this and be. Man. Be a part. Utilize the resources that the Lord is putting around you. Don't just keep getting your head thumped by all of these circumstances that you're in. You have help. Use the leadership that we have here. Use the great women of God that we have. Man, I love the testimony. You got the ladies have been on fire and glowing since that ladies retreat. Lady, if you are not a part of it, I pray that next year you will be. We're going to timing wise, we'll get it lined up a little bit better so it won't interfere with either mission focus or ACR, but I'm telling you, you need to be a part of that. I need my ladies to be all on the same page. Following me. Even if I'm not talking to you, guess who? If Serena's talking to you, I'm talking to you. That's how I use her, right? It's still my voice. I still know what you're doing, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, man, just... I need my ladies and fellas, you know, 
I'm always talking to you. You know how I feel. So guys, listen, it's, it's us. It's not somebody, it's us. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna consider this? Having everything that we have of the Lord and everything that he has done and everything that we could give him praise for, is there any spot, any little crevice of your heart that needs to be dumped out, cleaned out, and just thrown away? Because I'm telling you, that thing will fester into ugly things. History has shown us with Israel just in how they've acted and how they treated God and not acknowledged him as a good father has gotten them to the, the current place that they're in. The current place. That was never God's heart for them. They had, at the end of, Steph of Stephen's message, the Lord is ready. That is the one time you see that the Lord is standing up. It's, this is what he wanted to do. I'm here. Okay, let's do this. You stop doing that. That's stupid. And then you, <laughs> that's what he wanted to do, but he didn't. He stayed here. And then they killed Stephen. Man, every week, every praise song, message that you hear on podcasts, the Lord is trying to tell you, I love you. Come to me. Come to me. So listen, I'm, I, I'm begging you for a place of surrender this morning. Surrender. Okay, that's, I'm just going to lead you in prayer to a place of surrender. Stop fighting with the Lord. Agree with him. You must agree with him. He is right. Agree with your leaders here. Be a part. Help us. Man, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I do just want to come to you humbly and, and just consider how great your name is. Lord, I, I would be foolish if I didn't say that you are a, you are the Father. Like any mold, any individual that I can think of that may have any kind of standing in my life or that's invested in me, Lord, it pales in comparison to who you are. And Father, we as a group corporately, we just come to you in a place that just says, Lord, we recognize that our heart sometimes drifts away. Sometimes we make accusations of you as if you don't hear us or care about us, that you don't love us. Lord, sometimes we put things in, in, in place of you that we would rather worship than you. Or sometimes we rebel. Lord, just sometimes we are not on your side. And for those of us that have called on you and called on your name, Lord, I'm asking for forgiveness. Lord, forgive us. For those of you that that are those of them that haven't called on your name. Father, I pray that they hear, Lord, you are crying out to them, come unto me. Father, help us not to just be stiff-necked people. Lord, we thank you for the, the structure of the leadership that you have given us here in this church. Lord, we, we are thankful for the word of God, the Holy Spirit, Lord, we're thankful that you have given us a purpose, that you've saved us unto good works, and that you're like, I, I, I love you, and I, and I want to deploy you in the world. Lord, help us. Help us to be deployable.
Lord, help us to support what it is that you're doing in the world. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your long suffering is, Lord, it's indescribable. It's beyond comprehension. And so with that, Lord, help us to comprehend it because I think sometimes when we just look at you as fathomless, it makes you little, not bigger. So Lord, help us to comprehend the greatness that you are so that Lord, we don't just easily walk into these ugly places. Lord, and lastly, we pray your protection, your guidance for Israel. But we know where your heart is. Lord, help us to be advocates and champions, supporters, whether it be by, by the gospel, by prayer, by, however, Lord, that we would never change our position, that we wouldn't try to bump them out of the way and, and pencil ourselves in. Lord, there's enough room for both of us. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for your love and embrace. Thank you for your example of being a good father. Lord, tap our hearts. Tell us. Refine us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.